So this angel of death passes over. And the Israelites are huddled inside their homes hoping and praying and waiting and trusting in blood. And this blood covered them. And for the next thousand years and more, the Israelites practiced the idea of the Passover. Okay? They celebrated every year the idea that the angel of death passed over, but they survived because of the blood of that lamb. Jesus has the last supper on the night of the Passover. He has the last moment with his disciples when he is going to his death and is going to die. And look what he says. So we're going to leave Exodus. We're going to turn to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. This is the institution of the Lord's Supper. The communion that we practice in church. This is why we do it. Jesus is talking to the disciples. In verse 27 of Matthew 26, he says, he takes a cup And when he had given thanks for it, he said to them, Drink it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant which was poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Now, Jesus did not physically cut himself and pour his blood into a physical cup. It's a representation of his covering. This is not a Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones movie, okay? But he's saying that this blood that is of my covenant is poured out for many And not only is it poured out for many, but it's poured out for your sins' forgiveness. It's poured out so that you and I could have forgiveness even though, even though we sin. Even though we make mistakes. Even though we stress. And even though we go back and sins we thought were forgiven, we still go back and perform them again and again. Jesus is saying that my blood of the covenant will forgive you. It is poured out for many and it will forgive your sin. This is the blood that Jesus has painted over the doorpost of my heart and if it's not painted over the doorpost of your heart, when the angel of death comes, do you know what's going to happen to you? In Revelation, the Bible speaks that those of the wicked who never repented and believed in Christ, who never turned to God, who never ran to him out of their darkness of sin and into his light of righteousness, God says, depart from me. For I never knew you. And I believe, students, I believe this. I believe there will be people who spent their whole life in church and they will hear from God, depart from me, I never knew you. And you may go, how can that be? Because being in church doesn't make you a Christian any more than being at Krispy Kreme makes you a donut. Even when the light's on. There's people in church who are going to perish and be cast into hell. Because they might have been in church, but they were never in Christ. And that's what we need tonight. To be in Christ is to have his shed blood painted over the door of your heart. To be in Christ is to know that when the angel of death passes over you, it will not destroy you. It will not kill you. It will not take your life, even though you may deserve it. Even though the sins that you've done, the mistakes you've made, the things you've done wrong, the lies you've told, the murder you've performed in your own heart by hating other people, that may be justification for your death. But God still looks at you and says, oh my child, if but for the blood of Jesus, you would be destroyed, you would perish. 
but because of my son, because he shed everything for you, because he even sweated drops of blood that fell to the ground as he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, saying, not my will, I don't want to be crucified, I don't want to go to the shame and despair of the cross, but not my will, God's will be done. So students, if we're going to act like Jesus, if we're going to be good Christians, which means Christ follower, Christian, then we must say to God the same thing Jesus said, not my will, but yours be done. My will is to ignore God. My will is to play around and cut up and do what I want, say what I want. But God's will is for me to love others. God's will is for me to have peace with everyone. God's will is not for me to run around and judge and thump my Bible at people. Instead, God's will says I open my Bible and I preach the truth in hopes that they might be saved. This is the will of God. This is what God wants. Do you think God is happy? Up in heaven looking down at us when we play church? When we act like we're worshiping Him, but really in our hearts we're far away from God? Sitting in church service thinking about everything else but God? God is not happy with that. He doesn't look down at that and go, well, at least they're in the building. No! He looks down at that and says, it's wickedness! It is evil. They lust after their own flesh, but they do not love me. And one day I will judge them for it. Now students, I'm not advocating for spiritual perfection because you won't achieve it. You won't find it. There is only one who is perfect and that is the man, Christ Jesus, his perfected blood shed for you so that you could even be saved. You won't be perfected. Not yet. Not until the final day of judgment after God has sent the wicked away and brought his children to himself and given us a new body and new robes of righteousness and brought us to heaven where we worship him forever. There you will be perfect. No, I'm talking about purpose. I'm talking about desire tonight. Okay? I'm talking about desiring God the same way right now many of you are desiring that pizza. Okay? Or desiring that gift on your birthday. Desiring the love of a parent. Desiring the affection and, and the, the reply text of a crush. The same way you desire those things. God wants you to desire Him. For not only is He more important, but students, He's better. He'll never leave you, forsake you, turn away from you, run from you. Have you ever felt like God was not there sometimes? I have a fix for that. Do you know where it is? It's James chapter 4. Verse 8 says, draw near to God, get near to God, and He will come near to you. God hasn't left, you have. God hasn't gone away, you have. God hasn't turned His face from you, you have turned your face from Him. He hasn't gone anywhere. He's there, and He's waiting. He's waiting for you to repent and believe in Him and come back to Him. Let's take a look at the book of Colossians. I know we're going to go there next week, but this is a great text from Colossians chapter 1 in verse 20. Colossians chapter 1 verse 20 says this, It is my eager expectation and hope that I will not at all be ashamed, but with the full courage now, as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. All right? So that's Philippians. Then we flip over to Colossians. I didn't say Philippians first, did I? I'm sorry. That's okay, though. I read Philippians. Now go to Colossians 1, verse 20. And through him, 
to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. How many of you want peace tonight? How many of you just want to feel the joy in your heart? How many of you just want things of of drama and issues and fights and despair to simply stop? This is how they stop. It is by the blood that was shed for you that dripped off of that cross. When that blood is applied to your heart, then peace will reign. And if you want peace tonight, students, I'm telling you, you can only go to the true sacrificial lamb, the last lamb as I call Jesus Christ. He's the last lamb killed. And we don't have to kill anymore. And Jesus doesn't have to die again. He's up in heaven. He's not getting back on a cross right now. Even when you sin, he doesn't have to climb back up there and get re-nailed. It's already done. He's already paid the price of your sin and now he lives in glory forever where you and I will one day join him. That's going to be a great day. So who wants peace today? Who wants the blood of Christ applied to their heart? You have no uh, uh, Jesus credit card to spend. You have no uh, currency of goodness built up in you that God can withdraw. Only God is good, his son is good, and through him can you have any of that goodness at all. So if you want peace today, all you must do and all you can do is go to the Lord Jesus Christ and say, Lord, apply that blood to my heart. Let the doorpost of my heart show the evidence that you died for me. And I will apply that to others, and they will know me by my love. Let's look at one last text. This is from the book of Revelation, chapter 5. The book of Revelation, chapter 5. I heard an amazing sermon on chapter 5 last week by a wonderful preacher named Vodibakum Jr., And he said that Revelation was not a text to be afraid of, not a text to be scared of. It's not a puzzle book of seven-headed dragons and and giant lakes chasing pregnant women, which does happen. (laughs) He said the book was written as an encouragement to the church, and I hope that this encourages you. The lamb who has just been slain comes in and is the only one worthy to open the scroll. Now look at verse 9. The creatures gather around the Lamb, and they sang a new song, saying, verse 9, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seal. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed your people for God. Jesus has paid the ransom for you. God was going to pour out his wrath, and his wrath is eternal. But Jesus took that wrath for you. You can almost picture Jesus on the cross. Not front like we usually picture him. Picture him to the side. Okay, so he's facing this way. And this is you huddled before him on your knees praying. The wrath of God is coming as if a a bullet and it hits Christ, not you. And when it hits Christ, his blood splatters down upon you and covers you from God's wrath. So he's done this. And from every tribe and language and people and nation. I have no better text for why racism and discrimination are evils that God hates than this verse right here. Now, I don't even think that about any of you, but I bring it up for one reason. As students, as you grow up and as you kind of expand and as you meet new people, remember 
just because people may not worship exactly like you do doesn't mean they're not God's children. Okay? Vodi Bakum, the pastor I mentioned, he pastors in Africa. Okay? And he has a Baptist church. Oh, I think it is Baptist. In Africa. And the people there, some of whom are converting to Christianity, but they're bringing all of the tribal thoughts and, and kind of even witch doctor stuff with them. And they're sorting all of that out. God is bringing people from every tribe and language. He's bringing people that are gay. He's bringing people that used to be prostitutes, drug addicts, people, alcoholics. He's bringing people who used to be atheists and hated God, but they're coming into the family. And this is all because of Jesus Christ who shed his blood for you and I and for them. But they don't stay that way. And you and I don't stay the way we were. See, me, I used to love one person. Me. And I did whatever I could to make that one person happy. But when Christ came into my heart, suddenly I started caring about other people. Suddenly I was given a love and a care for God's church. Suddenly, verse 10, you have made them a kingdom and a priest to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. I was suddenly made a priest who consecrated myself to the work of God and not my own desires. Students, simply put, blood should cover you tonight. And if blood does not cover you, you are not in Christ. You may be in church. You may be praying. You may be reading the Bible. You may be memorizing scripture. But if the blood of Jesus Christ does not cover you, you are not saved. You are not a Christian. You are an Egyptian and when the angel of death passes over, it's going to destroy you. Only this destruction will be eternal. So I implore you once again, will you remain with your doorpost uncovered and bare for the angel of death to come to you and destroy you? Or will you cry out to the one who can paint his blood upon your heart and then you can live forever? And not only live forever, because that's often the end goal in Christianity, is to go to heaven, right? Where everyone gets to do kind of what they like to do on earth, only in heaven forever. <laughs> Which the Bible doesn't say. But the Bible does say this about heaven. That the saints gather around the throne of God, and they sing holy, holy, holy forever. Students, I'm going to be there. And I can't wait to sing when there's no time to stop. When there's no work to be done, there's no food to prepare, there's no people to take care of even. We will all be there and we will all get to sing. If the blood of Jesus is applied to your heart. So, I'm going to pray. We're going to sing one last song. I hope this song will be uh, apt for you tonight. And remember, you cannot find your salvation anywhere else. You can't get it from anyone else. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. You can't work your way to it. Only the blood of Jesus. Nothing but the blood of Jesus can save.